Welcome to the Business Equation Podcast with Nick Bogaz. Nick went from working five jobs and over 90 hours a week to building a multi-million dollar internationally known pizza enterprise. He never stops. He refuses to fail. There's power in his pen and today there's power in his mic. Strap in as Nick solves another equation that will guide you towards success in your practices. Now, here's your host, Nick Bogaz. Hey everyone, it's Nick Bogaz. Welcome back to the Business Equation Podcast. As always, you can find me at nickbogaz.com. Find me over on Instagram. Please find us on all places you can find a podcast. You can rate us, review us, and show us that you care. We've got a great guest today. A lot of high intensity come from Raul Velasquez, and he's an entrepreneur that's going to talk to us about his up and down battle and his journey through entrepreneurship. And he really has a good take on the way that he goes about his everyday business. And I think you are going to really enjoy listening to him today. So let's get right at it. We're so excited to have Raul with us today as we try to get into the equation for his success. Welcome to the show. Brother, thank you for having me here. Yeah, very happy to have you. Uh, one of our, our missions on the show is to inspire young entrepreneurs. Um, it sounds like you've had a, a, a journey to where you are now. Could you take us through um, a little bit more about you than, than what I, I just spoke about? Well, one of the uh, things that I recently heard is that uh, entrepreneurship is like walking on hot coals. I think Elon Musk said entrepreneurship is like walking on fire because you never know when you have to put fires out, when you have to create the fire. So if you're in a journey of entrepreneurship, just hold on tight, man, because it's a crazy ride. It's a crazy ride. Where have you seen your challenges? You know, starting at 23, building the real estate. Uh, what year would that put us, in, put us in as far as real estate? Did you uh, witness uh, 2008 firsthand? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I started my, uh, my uh, career in real estate selling lots in Florida to New Yorkers. So I remember... I, I always loved to, um, to make deals. In high school, I used to sell T-shirts. Uh, then after I graduated high school, I started having some different jobs in, in different places. But then I got into selling computers. And I actually walked into a meeting where my uncle was buying some land. And I walked into a meeting and I tried to sell the sales guy a laptop. And when I sold the laptop, he says, listen, I've never owned a laptop in my life before. So uh, I buy it as long as you... Um, you, you know, service me and help me, help me, you know, how to navigate this laptop. So I said, sure. I thought it was an easy sale and I sold him the laptop. Little did I know that this guy will call me every single night thinking that I, I was his technical support. He'll literally call me and say, I can't turn this computer on. How do you turn it on? How do you turn it off? How do you do this? I'm like, fuck, like I sold you the laptop and sell you a technical support service. But later on, we, we had a friendship. We became, to, uh, we became really good friends. And I said, listen, ha- tell me about your business. And he says, well, I'm a real estate developer. I sell land in Florida. I develop this uh, lands. And I said, well, the, I'll continue to service your computer as long as you teach me real estate. And he became a mentor. He became my partner. And eventually, we did uh, a lot of uh, business together. So do you do, still do real estate to this day? Yeah, I still have a, a real estate company. Uh, back in 2005, uh, I, I, I grew it to one of the biggest real estate franchises here in Connecticut. And then the market hit 2007 and 8, and I lost about 90% of my wealth because I believe that it was 
I was going to be able to be Superman. I thought I was going to be able to weather the storm. I had a mortgage company, I had a real estate company, I had a construction uh, investment firm and, and everything little by little started to, uh, to crumble. And I remember that we actually had to switch names of the mortgage company over and over again because all these banks were going under. The biggest mistake that I did is, is not getting around people that have been through the cycles before, mm. not having perspective. And I pretended that I had all the answers. I pretended that I knew what I was doing. The reality inside, I was crumbling. And that cost me millions of dollars. That cost me to humble myself uh, to the point that I couldn't pay my, my home or my, uh, my building. So I had to make a decision whether I continue to build my business or do I pay my home. So I remember going back home and asking, uh, asking myself, how do I tell my wife that we don't have money to pay the mortgage? How do I tell my wife that we actually lost all this money? And already thinking in my mind that it was going to be over, already thinking in my mind that, you know, she's going to ask for a divorce. I went with the realization that, listen, I, I've been so busy building my business that I didn't put enough effort of building my, my relationship. I was so busy creating or making money that I wasn't really taking care of myself because I was overweight. I didn't take care of myself. My relationship was in, was in trouble. And my wife, which is a true queen, you know, told me these words that I will never forget. She goes, Raul, figure this shit out. Like you got us in this mess. Now you have to get us in this mess. She goes, I will live under a bridge if I have to, but I know it's not going to be forever. You're going to figure this shit out. And that gave me the certainty to actually start looking for a solution to my problems. And I started getting into personal development. I started to, to read books and, and listen to, uh, to webinars and to really start looking. Because I truly believe the moment that you open to look for the solution, the solution will come to you. Is when we get stuck in our problems, we get stuck in our situations where we actually dig our hole deeper and deeper. And I don't know where I heard it, but somebody said, in moments of crisis, there's always an opportunity. They said, when, when people have all this money and the economy is thriving, people want so much for their products and services. When the economy is hurting, people want to give their product and services away. So I said, I'm looking to give my properties away. I'm looking to, to like, here, you want this building? Take this building. I don't have the money to pay for it. Take it. I said, how, how can I turn this into an opportunity? Something that I could, I could help. And that's when I started investing in distressed real estate properties, helping the banks manage some of the distressed assets to make sure that the people actually, you know, don't lose their homes, but, you know, they have money to relocate and, and we actually are able to help them on the transition. So, we ended up doing thousands of deals and, um, and we became very successful in the real estate industry right after the crash. Do you feel like we're living through another time like that right now? Um, I don't think we live into another time like that. It's nothing like 2007 and eight. I mean, listen, 2007, 2008, I mean, the economy was frozen. I mean, the, you couldn't make a deal to save your life. I have multiple willing buyers, willing people who wanted it, but they couldn't get the cash because the bank's, we're not blending. Now we, we don't have the problem right now, right? Right now, the interest rate is at all time low. Banks want to lend money. Yeah, it's not like before they used to just you know, put your signature on a post and they give you a loan. Now you actually have to have all the documentation. But at the same time, there is there's also opportunity for people to see that real estate is cycles. Like it goes up and down, it goes up and down. My rental properties never uh, became vacant. It was only the projects where I was a, a spec uh, investor where I lost money. It was on the builders who were building 
you know, thinking that, you know, once it's finished, we're going to have all this, this commercial properties uh, rented out. Those are the ones who were in, who I was hurting in. My residential real estate was always full, but I was over leveraged. And that's the problem. Most people over leveraged. I was over leveraged by millions of dollars. And when the market crashed, then I had to, I had to let them go. I had to make a decision. Do I want to have my name on properties or do I want to have my freedom? And I chose my freedom. And that was the best thing I could do because once I let go of the attachment, I was able to rebuild and rebuild faster and rebuild with purpose. So it wasn't about 2000 and probably nine after four years of doing this and, and seeing the economy go down, I started to um, go through a, a depression. I started to feel every morning less enthusiastic of going to the office, uh, less motivated of, of doing what I was doing. Even though I love real estate, there was something inside of me that said I was called for more. I didn't know what it was, but um, I started drinking, drinking heavily every single night because I had a physical pain in my body, a physical pain in, in, in my stomach. And it was, I, I thought I had cancer. I thought I was going to die. I went to see some doctors and the doctor said, I'm, I'm healthy. It's all in my head. It's all, you know, it's all, you know, the stress that I have. But the reality is that I didn't have stress in, in the business. I stressed in my life, meaning I didn't have a purpose. I was only doing it because of the money. I was only doing it because I didn't want to go back to the Raul who lost millions. I was only doing it to prove people that I could come back. But see, that's the problem that we have. Sometimes right now we're just focusing on the money. I just heard you say like you made millions of dollars creating pizza. I, I love that. But I bet you right now, if you really get down to it, your main purpose is not making millions. Your main purpose is how to service the clients because you get energy back from creating services. Well, I was in the real estate business where I was not creating that. I was making money, but it wasn't money that I, that I wasn't helping people. I was actually helping them in the transition, meaning I saw people at their worst. I saw people when they lost properties. I saw people when they were homeless. You know, an investment firm was were buying empty, vacant properties. So imagine all that negative energy bottled up. That's what got to me. As what got to me was the realization that I, I wasn't born for this. I was able to make money out of this, but I was born for more. And that's when I lost my edge. I lost my purpose. I lost my drive. I lost my, my, my reason why to get up every single morning. So how did you get it back? Well, I had to go through a lot of self-reflection. Self, uh, I, I went through a journey and, and uh, I went to multiple workshops. Uh, I went to India to a monastery. I meditated for three weeks. Uh, went to different retreats. It took me a couple of years and half a million dollars into my personal development. My wife, my wife thought I was crazy because I, uh, I was going through all this. Every single month, I will go through an event. Every single month, I will go to a seminar. Every single month, I will go through, through some kind of workshop that will help me look deeper. After a couple of years of doing the work, I realized that nothing on the outside was going to help me. What I was really looking for is what was going on in the inside. And that's when I started to develop this process that I, I teach now, which is every single day getting 1% better, every single day letting go of the attachment of the past and letting go of the attachment of the future, allowing yourself to create the present moment, allowing yourself to create who you, if you could become the best version of yourself today, you fucking won. You don't have to fucking pretend that you need to be somebody in order for you to be successful or fulfilled. You don't have to go back because you changed the past can you be happy with you are right now? That, that's what I was lacking. I, was, I wasn't able to be present. I wasn't able to, to be with my kids and be present because my mind was going 100 miles an hour thinking about different things. 
thinking about the next deal, thinking about the next opportunity, thinking about all this shit. And that's where most men are stuck right now. They lack their, their, their presence. Like your wife, your kids, your customers, they need you to be here. They need you to be present. Because the moment that you have the capacity to be present, then you realize you have fucking choices. Now you realize that you are the creator of your choices, that the reason that you want right now, whether you're hurting in your business, in your marriage, or in your health, is because of the fucking choices that you've made in a daily basis. So how do you change that? You get real present about where you are right now, and then you start looking at the choices that you have to make. And taking ownership of the choices and not trying to change tomorrow or the next day, today. What can I do today to get closer to that vision? What can I get closer to that purpose? It doesn't have to be a big vision. It doesn't have to be a big purpose. It has to be, be better than where you are right now. That's all. So I talk about the pull and the push. The pull is what's going to drive you. The push is you doing the fucking work today. Because what most people lack right now is the ability to get present of where they are and seeing what choices they have. And how can they take one step closer? That's all. 1% better every single day. How do things play into that? A lot of times people think like, if I just had this one car, or if I just moved into this house, or if I just had this thing, like that would make me feel better. And then, you know, once they accomplish it, it's almost like they might not even have it, have it yet. They just have it ordered. And then they're on to the next thing. Like, can you talk about like... When I got into real estate, I was obsessed with a certain car, right? And I refused to buy that car unless I had cash in my pocket. So that was my drive. Like the moment I close enough deals, I'm going to go to the dealership. I'm going to fucking pay for this cash. And I'm going to walk away with that car. And I remember every day looking at the car and looking at that uh, and thinking that I'm going to walk into the, to the dealership to get that car. And then one day I was able to go in there and buy the car. I see. And the fulfillment to fly that car lasts me for about a week after I bought that car. But the journey, which took me about six months, is the, the, the key. I was happier in the journey. I was happier. Actually, I, here's what I did. I bought a, an old car that from, a, from a, a guy who used to smoke. And I didn't smoke. This guy used to smoke. So the car will stink of smoke. And I remember that was my motivation to buy that fucking car. Because every single day, I would show up in that stink-ass car, old car, beat-up car. And I would drive to my neighborhood. And I said, I'm going to get out of this car. And I'm going to find a way. But those six months of getting that car, I felt the best that I ever felt. Why? Because it's the journey that matters, not the things. Like I'm a big believer. Listen, you want to be a billionaire, fucking go and be a billionaire. But the journey to become a billionaire is what's going to bring you fulfillment. If you want to buy that car, the journey to buy that car is what's going to give you the fulfillment, not the, 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 the destination itself. It's the journey to the destination. Who you become in the journey, it's what's going to stick. It's what matters. And to be present in the journey. And, and to be present every day as you continue to get closer. Because here's what happens. Most of us, we jerk ourselves off with vision boards. We love to plan shit. We love to have the big vision. We love like one day and we end up doing shit because we're not present of what can we do today. So I don't believe in vision boards. I don't believe in that shit. I write down three things every single fucking day until I accomplish those things. And then I, I scale it and then I scale it. And every day until I meet those goals, but every single day, I ask myself, what can I do to get closer to those three things? What can I get closer to my, my ultimate image? And then allow myself to, to really, you know, one of my guys, um, one of my clients who, um, who I'm coaching, he asked me today, Raul, you know, your program has really impacted me. I, he's, I can't tell you how many times I talk about your program to my employees, to my customers. And he came to one of my bootcamp experience about six months ago. And he said, what made you? 
and I create this program. And I said, listen, I know what it's like to lose the edge. I know what it's like to be in depression. I know what it's like to feel like, like you, you don't have a purpose. So the moment I was able to figure not everything out, I just figured one step. I just made a commitment for God and the universe to use me and become a conduit to be able to help somebody else. And as I did it, as I made a commitment, I made the next step and the next step and the next step. So now like five years later, like thousands of men have gone through my program. But if you would have told me that five years ago, I was going to be able to coach these guys who are making millions or making an impact, I wouldn't be able to do it. The problem is that we bite more. We just figure it out one day at a time. That's it. The first customers, the, the first deal, the, like figure this shit out as fast as possible, get one, and then you scale it. And then you get the next goal. Then you get the next dream or the next vision. The challenge is that we fucking think that we're going to be able to be Richard Branson as long as we picture, have a picture of his, 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 uh, his face and his island in our, in our vision board. And all of a sudden, magically, that shit's going to happen. It's not going to happen until you are able to figure out every single day who do you need to become to get closer to that image. That's all. There's a lot of self-awareness in there then, right, too, like knowing who you are, what you're, what you're good at, what your gifts are, and using them the correct way. Would, would you say that's correct as well? It's, it's, a, it's a lot of, I wouldn't say self-awareness, it's a lot of shedding of the conditioning that you have. Because mm-hmm. if self-awareness, like, okay, I, I know that I don't ha- I'm not a billionaire. I know that I don't have what it takes. Well, sometimes that acknowledgement hurts us instead of saying, you know what? Right now, I don't have what it takes to be, to, to be who I think I am. But I'm going to do something today to start shedding away that baggage, shedding away that conditioning so I could get a little bit closer. So that is, is more of letting go of the condition and letting go of the illusion of who you need to be to be able to st- start seeing what you could do. And it's just training. I, I was talking to a Navy SEAL couple months ago. I said, Raul, you know how do we, how we go through the boot camp in Navy SEALs? Because a lot of people compare the shit that I do with some of the Navy SEAL boot camp trainings, even though it's nothing. I mean, I, I've done some Navy SEAL trainings. Those guys are fucking machines. Like my, my, I don't think anybody goes through the shit that they go through. But they, they, he said that the only way to do it is to think shit could be worse. Shit could always be mm. worse. If it's cold, well, it could be fucking worse. If it's hot, it fucking could be worse. And that's my mentality. Every single day, to be honest with you, I take myself through a daily ritual where part of a daily ritual is to focus on the worst case scenario. And I fucking take myself in there, my worst case scenario in my life. And then when I snap out of it, whatever challenge I have, Nick, is not as bad as what I thought it was at the beginning. Only when I create a contrast, only when I, I, I take my kids and my wife and imagine them that something tragically happened to them, then all the shit that I'm going through doesn't fucking matter because they're alive, they're good. So I think a lot of us, we need to have that contrast. Picture the worst case scenario that could happen right now. If it's not happening right now, well, you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> yeah, then I'm definitely good, <laughs> right? Yeah, I appreciate I mean, that. Right. Look, if it, even yeah. bro, you're smiling on your face because like, yeah, you know what? If, right, but imagine if you take yeah. three minutes, Nick, if you take three minutes and you actually embody that, that, the worst scenario, you feel it, you anchor it. And that through, through the, some, some things that I teach is like we actually step into it. And in the moment that we snap out of it and release it, fuck, we're less like, fuck, the illusion is not there. Because that's what fear, doubt, guilt, shame, those are poison for your soul. So they drain energy. So here's why men lose the edge. Because we lower our sense of energy. 
And the moment that we lower our sense of energy, guess who goes after we lower our sense of energy? Our employees and then their families. And all of a sudden, we are in this fucking hole, in this warp, what I call the tunnel. And in the tunnel, nobody could fucking save you. In the tunnel, you're the only one who could actually get out of the tunnel. But the tunnel is also the rite of passage for men, the rite of passage for them to realize that nobody's going to come to save you. I just recently, um, actually this morning, some guy says, Raul, I'm good, man. I'm good. I just wish my wife could get her shit together so she could support my business. Because I know if, if my wife supports me, my business will be 10 times more successful. If my kids appreciate what I do, my, my life will be 10 times better. If my employees, you know, realize that, you know, it's, it's a privilege to work for me, then, you know, I'll be more fulfilled. I said, no, motherfucker, the problem is you. <laughs> it's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your employees. You, you think you're entitled to shit. Just because you have a multi-million dollar business, you think that your employees should be kissing your ass. But the reality is you work for them. Same thing with your wife. Your wife is not your fucking mother. She's not here to support you. She's here to, as a queen. You honor her. You fucking, you know, you, you don't wait for her to support you. You level up because that's what kings do. We don't wait for nobody. We fucking build. And because we built, then people actually start getting on board. At the beginning, Nick, I bet you they laughed at you. At the yeah, beginning, sure. they, were, they were down on you. But the moment that you start leveling up, like, oh, yeah, I, I roll with Nick. Oh, I hang around with Nick. Yeah, Nick is just my boy. Because yeah. that, that's the level of, of certainty that we need to have and raise our energy level to the point that if they're, good, if they're for you, good. If they're not good for you, good. It's just a fucking matter. It's you versus you, Nick. That's it. That's my game I play every single morning. It's Raul versus Raul from yesterday. And yeah, there's a little voice of this imposter and the sabotage that gets in there that says, hey, the fuck you think you are? You know, you have an accent. You know, half the people think that you're fake. This and that. There's a little voice in there. Well, I would say if I've learned anything in the last uh, few moments from you, you probably tell that little voice to fuck off, right? Uh, yeah, it wasn't easy, but uh, absolutely, <laughs> man. I'm like, this. Bro, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, being on today. I, I think uh, there's a lot of great points in there, and I think uh, guests will definitely appreciate the, this uh, conversation. Um, we have time real quick. I want to go through uh, the time to solve the equation to your success. I'm going to ask you seven rapid-fire questions, and then we'll hop off. But before we do that, um, where can people find you if they want to find you? Well, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on YouTube, you can find me on Facebook. But if you really want to connect with me, I'm going to give you my text platform, 203-405-9199. That's 203-405-9199. Text me, podcast, and then I'll put you my text message where I'll send you a daily podcast. I call the Daily Edge. You can also find the Daily Edge in iTunes and, and Spotify. But the beautiful thing, Nick, about this text platform is it allows me to connect with my community at a deeper level because it's me communicating with them. It's not my team. It's not my staff. Sure. You send me a message, a question. If I, you know, if I see it, if I have time, I'll reply right away. I want to build my text platform because it gives me a, a deeper reach and, and be in touch with my community. But if you just want to just consume my content for, you know, consume my content, go to YouTube, Raul Velasquez, go to Instagram, Raul Velasquez, go to thenextlevelexperience.com. You see a bunch of information about our programs. But if you text me podcast, I, I'll be in your ear every day with this type of energy, two, three minutes every single day telling you to level the fuck up. Get it. Go ahead and uh, text for sure. Let's, let's fly through these seven questions real quick. Best seminar or teaching you've ever been to? Meditation in India. Favorite item you bought recently under a hundred bucks? Oh, a, uh, a roller, a bag roller. Name of an idol or hero of yours that you met in person? Richard Branson. 
Favorite book to give as a gift? Conversations with God. Something you do every morning before you brush your teeth? Kiss my wife. Kiss my kids. Yeah, kiss my kids and my wife. Your personal mantra or favorite quote? Learn it, live it, experience it. Love life. Place you go to decompress and reset? My backyard. Well, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. Really appreciate it. Wow, wasn't that great to listen to somebody that's just telling you to go get it? I mean, that's really what, he, what he's saying um, with a lot more explicit in there. But he's telling you, go get it. And I think it was fantastic on episode 56 to get that message across. I think when you hear somebody that's that's been up and down and they just really go after it every single day, that's the kind of message that all entrepreneurs need to hear. And on the next episode, we've got a great guest. So we're going to be excited to bring you Jeremy Hill. For the last 18 years, he's been an advisor growing companies through the country, acting as an investment banker and a counselor. So basically, he raises capitals for a lot of these guys that need, need some money and need to be able to go ahead and expand their business. And his take on business was fantastic. I mean, wise beyond years. I think you're really going to enjoy tuning in next week to Jeremy Hill on episode number 57. Thanks for joining me on the Business Equation Podcast. You can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, nickbogaz.com, anywhere you can find a podcast. And go ahead, and if you enjoyed the show and got something out of here, please rate, review, and share the show. This has been Nick Bogaz on the Business Equation Podcast. Give thanks, be humble, be grateful. Thank you for being part of today's Business Equation. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast so other entrepreneurs and business professionals can find it more easily. Be sure to check out nickbogaz.com for episode archives, social media links, business features, and other engaging resources that can help you on your professional path. And tune in next week as we go back to work to solve another business equation.